Presented by the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, Aero Fasteners, and Kohler Power. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast at floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your house. You're working inside, you're working out. You got a project, you got a repair, you got a redo, maybe something didn't go so well. You got an old house, you got a new house. Hey, whatever is on your list, you can slide it right over to ours. When you reach out to us at one eight 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 Money Pit, or post your question by clicking the blue microphone button on MoneyPit.com. Coming up in today's show, if you love the look of greenery around the outside of your house, but you seem to only have a black thumb when it comes to getting that greenery to flourish inside your home, we're going to share a solution. And also ahead, cleaning and storing those window screens is an annual home project that's definitely a hassle. But now there's a new window design that eliminates that chore by hiding the screens inside the window itself. So you never have to take them out. You never have to store them. It's an industry first, you guys, from Pella. We're going to explain just ahead. And are you watching money go down the drain with high water heating bills? We've got the top five tips for cutting those water heating costs. But first, guys, what's going on at your place? How can we help you get your money pit in tip-top shape this holiday season? We're standing by to lend a hand. No project is too big or too small. We can definitely help you out. So give us a call. The number here is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Let's go, DIYers. Leslie, who's first? Gloria at Massachusetts on the line and needs some help keeping things quiet. What can we do for you? I live in a condominium. There are three floors. I'm in the middle floor. The person over me has put wooden floors in throughout her condominium. I feel like I'm living in a bowling alley. She gets up at <laughs> 5 o'clock every morning. She's a school teacher and leaves at 6. There's no way that I can sleep beyond 5. Wow. I called MIT looking for some kind of guidance. They said they don't know anything about soundproofing. <laughs> Interesting. Well, that's a little shocking, but okay. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I wouldn't imagine that MIT uh, usually takes like you know tech support help calls like that. But <clears throat> we know a little bit about soundproofing, so I can give you a couple of ideas. Great. Now, because you're in a condominium, I guess you probably need to get permission to do this. But there is um, there there's two ways to soundproof uh, this ceiling that I can think of. So one of which is that well. In both cases, you're going to have to add another layer of drywall on top of the one that's there now. And All right. there's two ways to do this. There is a product called Green Glue, which is kind of like a like a silicone-looking like greenish caulk. And you need an extraordinarily large amount of it, but basically you apply it to the ceiling and then the drywall gets put on top of that. And it creates sort of a damper that absorbs some of the sound. The easier way to do it is there is actually... Um, sound-resistant drywall. One of them is called Quiet Rock, and it's sound-deadening sort of built into the drywall sheet. You'll find that it's very heavy, but it's pretty effective, and that would be installed in a traditional way. Again, uh, probably screwed right through into the current ceiling. And uh, then, and of course, you have to tape and spackle all the joints. But where most people miss uh, an opportunity of soundproofing is around the fixtures that come through the ceiling or the walls, if that's the case. I luckily so have case, none. 
You have none. So you have no lights or anything that comes through that ceiling. It's no. just a plain uh, flat ceiling. Well, no. then it's pretty easy, you know, and you could probably have a general contractor do this or a, or a carpenter do this for you, but you're going to have to re-drywall the ceiling with uh, with uh, sound resistant uh, drywall like Quiet Rock, and you'll find that at Lowe's. There's another one that's called Quiet Fix, and there's one called uh, Sound Break. And just keep in mind, though, that you're not going to completely silence uh, those heels from your upstairs school teacher that gets up at five in the morning. Um, but it will be a lot better if you uh, install this properly. So I, I think the easiest thing to do would probably be to pick it up at Lowe's since it's so readily available. Okay. And and then have a contractor install it. And I will keep in do mind that. you're going to have to you're going to have to you know tape uh, all of the seams like you normally seams, would. Um, around yeah, paint the ceiling between the walls and the ceiling. You may have to either tape that or use molding to cover that seam. So it's a bit of a project, and you're going to want to move all your furniture out. All this goes on, but I think it'll make a big difference for you, especially since you're so um, sensitive to that sound. Maybe you'll get uh, some better sleep that way. Yeah, but oh, make wonderful. sure that your board approves everything. Whoever you've got to ask, make sure they're okay with it before you invest this. I will do that. Thank you so very, very much for your help. All right, now we're heading to Delaware where John's got a question about patching concrete. How can we help you today? At the end of my driveway, I have a garage, concrete around it. Right. And where it goes into the garage, whoever did the concrete work before that made the seam right where the door comes down instead of having okay. it out. Okay, got it. All right, and I have two spots that's around maybe three inches long and maybe two to three inches wide. I, I want to uh, try to patch that. I listened to your show one time. You said that there was a certain concrete to use. So, John, the product is called Recap, R-E-C-A-P. It is made by the Quickcrete Company and is designed, as you say, to adhere to old concrete. And that's the key. It's got to stick. you got to use the right type of patching material, and Recap is designed specifically for that. In fact, it adheres so well, it becomes stronger than the older than the old concrete was. So you need to uh, pick up a bag of that. It comes in all different sizes. Mix that up. Clean out the old concrete. Uh, I think the instructions will tell you to wet it down before you apply the Recap. And it dries pretty quickly, and it's real hard, and that will solve your problem once and for all. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Patricia in Louisiana is on the line with a siding question. How can I help you today? I had listened to a program that you guys had done just a little while back, and somebody was asking about putting gutters on the side of a manufactured home. 
Well, I it was funny because I had actually done that, and it does not work very well because most of the uh, uh, siding on a uh, a mobile home is corrugated, so it really doesn't work really well. And they put these really skinny gutters on. Well, in the areas that it didn't exactly go flush um, to the metal siding, um, there has been um, runoff, you know, that's gone down. And just in a few places, so it's not horrible, but um, I've tried to clean it, and I'm afraid to push on it too hard because, uh, obviously, the corrugated aluminum bends. And I've used a product that you guys also suggested which is a spray that actually gets rid of mold and mildew and stuff like that on the side of buildings. That works fabulously, but it did not clean off the staining from the rain. And I was wondering what I could use to either cover the staining or, you know, I'm afraid of painting anything for fear it looks like I painted the side of a mobile home. Right, right. So um, a couple of things. I'm glad that the spray and forget that we recommended works so well. It was wonderful. So you, there are house cleaners that are out there that are a little more corrosive. I mean, the, the reason that works so well is that the spray and forget works so well is because basically it's kind of like a mildicide. It kills the mold and the mildew, and then it just sort of falls off. The house cleaners are more like old-fashioned sort of soap and water and, 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 and that sort of thing. Uh, one that uh, I used to recommend a lot that works pretty well is called Jomax, J-O-M-A-X. You'll find it at a home center or a hardware store. And that's um, a house cleaner that you might be able just to mix up a really small batch of it and see if that will take out that stain. It also occurs to me that the stain could be like an erosion of the finish. So it may not be a stain that's like on top of the siding. It might actually be sort of some siding, some of the finish on the siding deteriorating. And in that case, obviously, there's nothing that you can do about it short of, of painting. Uh, why are you reluctant, though, just to paint the whole side of the of the house? Because I don't have that kind of money um, at hand <laughs> to do. I'm actually selling my lakefront property, and this is the really cool little mobile home that I put on it. And um, I just, I've spent so much money on these two acres recently that, you know, it became a money pit, but a good one. It's a nice one, you know, but it, it's just everything I have has gone into this place. And to be quite honest with you, I have tried to use like those sponges. Um, that have a little bit of rough on the other side, you know, one side sponge, the other side's abrasive. And I've tried to use that, and the color of the stain does not change at all, whether I use a little bit of baking soda, you know, not super abrasive, but abrasive. I mean, it sounds like it's either a chemical reaction or some of the finish has changed due to sun fading. I mean, that's what it seems like rather than something you can clean. Yeah, that's a really good point. It's not in the sun. It's I actually have a... Um, a um, carport, and so some of it you can just see where it's been run off from the little teeny tiny gutter that they put up alongside of these mobile homes, which I'm not kidding you, it's not even a half inch wide. So here's what I would suggest you do. Take a picture and post it to the Money Pit's Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash the Money Pit. Give us a little bit of history, and we'll take a look and get you an answer. Sound good? Thank you very much. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 888- Money Pit. Well, if you'd like to choose the best plants for inside your home this winter, the first step is really knowing your house, like which rooms get west, north, south, and east sun. Sunny in the morning versus sunny in the afternoon, and then choose those plants according to that sun pattern. That's really important. 
Now, once you've figured out the sunlight situation in your home, you really need to think about which type of house plants are going to work best in your levels of light. Is it bright? Is it low? Whatever it is, you've got to choose the plant that's going to work for that, not the one that you think is the most popular. Okay, guys, it's got to be the right thing. Now, the number one plant that's requested from nurseries is a ficus but it's not really a practical plant for your house. They're difficult to maintain. They grow in full sunlight, and they are going to drop a lot of dense foliage, and you'll just be cleaning up a ton of leaves and really sad that the plant's not doing well at home. (laughs) Now, a good alternative to that, I mean, seriously, it's like set yourself up for success, guys. Don't get one that's automatically just not going to work. Now, a good alternative to the ficus is the Kentia palm. It's popular in parlors and dens of Victorian homes, and each leaf is gradually smaller on that palm frond so it's very rich in green color it's elegant looking and also a good option is the lady palm each leaf is like a lady's hand with a paper like texture my hands don't have paper like texture i don't know so <laughs> you worked too hard for that <laughs> i worked too hard to have delicate lady hands but i do love that fern it really is very lovely now they're saying these landscaper folks at the nursery are telling us that orchids are a great option i love to look at them i love to have them in my house I cannot ever get them to reflower. I'm sure there are many of you out there that have a wonderful green thumb and know the way. Please call me and tell me because I need some help. This is where you guys can lend a hand. But orchids are beautiful, and if you do it right, they are going to last a long time and give you lots of flowers. Now, one of the things you need to know is when to repot a plant if you want to keep your garden growing inside. And if your plant is not absorbing water, either it's full of roots and not absorbing properly, or it's so full of roots there's nowhere for the water to go, and that means it might be time to repot it. In general, you can go up about two inches in pot size and use potting soil. Don't confuse this with topsoil, which is used outside. Use rocks or a piece of broken clay pot to line a pot with holes. This way the dirt doesn't clog those little holes and the plant can actually drain. Then add the soil, go almost to the rim, and then add your plant. Fill with dirt to cover and then water it thoroughly. If you stay on top of that, you won't get to the point where you have just too many roots for the plant literally to drink. Well, hopefully that helps you guys out. If you want some more tips on how you can keep your plants kicking all winter long, you can check out our post 13 hard to kill house plants on moneypit.com. Robert in Arkansas is on the line with a question about insulation. How can we help you? Yes, I, I have a pier and beam home and the insulation, I happen to be up in there sealing my ducts in my air for my air conditioning in the house. And I happened to be up there looking at the insulation, and it was real thin, and it had a white backing on it. And it was only about an inch high. And I thought, wow, I need to put some insulation in there. So I went to my local low, I went to my local low store, and I, I rented the machine from them, and I bought the blown insulation. And I bought, like, 20 bags, and I just started blowing it in. And uh, that was approximately 10, 12 years ago. I happened to be up there again this year looking around, and I noticed that it has kind of compressed and turned into little tiny BBs. And I've heard you all talk about insulating the attics of people's homes, but I didn't know what, how to go about trying to put something else up there. If I need to vacuum all that stuff out of there and try to lay some actual good insulation and what the number would be. Well, if the insulation has settled, I mean, generally speaking, you want 15 to 20 inches of insulation. If it's settled... 
So now it's a lot less than that. You can either remove it and put new insulation in, or you could add an additional layer on top of it, depending on how difficult, I guess, it is to work up in in that space. Right. It's pretty tight in some of the spots. Yeah. That was the reason I went with the blown. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear you. Um, so I, I think what you probably want to do is just supplement what's there. It's not unusual for it to settle over over the years a little bit. But perhaps you need to add uh, a little bit more to that space. That would probably be the least uh, complicated way of improving that insulation right now, given the fact that you've already got blown in there, Robert. Now, I've heard some other insulation questions asked on your show because I listen to it, you know, every Sunday religiously. And I've heard them talk about laying them in between, but I've also heard them going over the top of the beam. So if you have fiberglass insulation that's um, that's flush, with the ceiling joists, let's say you had like two by eight ceiling joists and you had maybe eight inch bats laid in between those ceiling joists to put the next layer of insulation on top of it. We always advise that you do that perpendicular. So you go the other way, the opposite way and across the beams at like a 90 degree angle. In your case, it sounds like it's all covered already with blown in insulation. Is that insulation above the ceiling joist right now, or is it settled down below it? No, it's settled down way below it. Okay, so if it's settled down below it, then maybe you could add another, you could add some unfaced fiberglass bats if you think you can get those up in there and lay those perpendicular to the beams. Okay, that was going to be my next question. If it needed to be unbatted, if it, you know, or if I did buy the batting in certain areas, would I want the batting up or would I want that paper down? No, you want unfaced because the moisture barrier goes towards the living space and that's already inaccessible now because it's going to be the ceiling um, that's under all of that blown in. So if it and if it's if you would think it's if you think it's about flush with the top of the ceiling joist right now, then I would just add a second layer perpendicular to that and you can do that with bats. Okay. That'll work. I appreciate it. Thank you all so much. All right. Well good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit.
Now we've got Deanne on the line who needs some help with the windows at her money pit. What's going on? I have um, old steel-framed metal commercial windows in my house, and the outside walls are double brick. There's no wood in the outside walls, so these are screwed right into the brick. And we took out one and replaced it, and we had a very hard time doing that. And I don't know if we should replace them or just try to repair them. Well, I mean... If you repair them, they're probably, I can't imagine they're very energy efficient. So repairing them and making them operational, you know, could restore some of the function, but I don't think they'll be energy efficient. Um, replacing them is a better option, but of course, as you cited, because they're in built into the wall, it's a difficult installation because you got to get the old ones out. So is this a project you want to do yourself or you think maybe you want to, you want to have a pro help you? I used to have a builder's license, but I, I physically I can't do that anymore. So I'd probably hire someone. Yeah, I think you might want to think about doing that because uh, taking out those old metal windows that are screwed into the bricks an awful lot of work. And also, if you're going to put replacement windows in, they've got to be measured just right, and they've got to be installed just right so that they don't leak. And I don't, I don't think you want that responsibility. You ought to have a pro measure them and install them. I think that's where you'll be assured they'll come out just right. Hey guys, would you like to win a whole workshop full of tools to take on your fall fix-up projects and more? Well, you can when you enter the Money Pit's fantastic fall fix-up sweepstakes presented by our friends over at Arrow. Now, one grand prize winner is going to receive $750 worth of Arrow tools, including the magnesium hammer tacker and the cordless glue gun. There's also going to be five runner-up winners who will get the Arrow Holiday Light Helper Prize Pack. That's got a WireMate staple gun and a wiring tacker. I mean, basically, you're going to have everything you need to decorate your house with. Plus, all winners are going to get plenty of staples and glue sticks to get those projects done. You can enter once a day at moneypit.com slash sweepstakes, and you can also earn bonus entries for additional chances to win. Just go to moneypit.com slash sweepstakes. Brenda in Michigan, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Yes. Hi. We were just wondering, we have a basement that we'd like to remodel, and the only problem is that right now it currently has a glue-on carpet, it has paneling in the walls, and we had a termite problem. So we want to know, what would you put for, once we gut everything all out, because the termite problem's been corrected, what kind of walling uh, material could you use that would be anti-termite, anti-mold resistant, and moisture, and it's against a black basement. What would you recommend? So first of all, what you would do is you would frame the wall out away from the block wall. You don't want to attach anything directly to the block wall because you need to have sort of an airspace between the wall and the concrete block so that it can breathe. If there's moisture that gets in the wall, it can evaporate. In terms of what kinds of materials you use, you're going to use um, either steel, steel framing, or you're going to use a pressure-treated sill plate. That's the bottom uh, piece of wood, the bottom 2 by 4 and then typical traditional 2 by 4s on top of that. In terms of the wall covering, there's a type of drywall called Dens Armor, which is like fiberglass face as opposed to paper-faced. And that's a good option for a basement because this way uh, that paper face can't feed a mold problem. In terms of the termites... Um, if the home is properly treated, you shouldn't have to worry about those. It's not like you need to worry about building a termite-proof uh, basement down there. The, the termite-proofing is the application of the right pesticides that keeps them at bay. 
typically today, they use a type of pesticide that's called an undetectable pesticide. It goes in the soil at the foundation perimeter. As the termites pass through that, as they go to the nest, they, they pick it up and, and spread it to the rest of the insects in the nest, kind of like germ warfare, and that wipes out the whole colony. And those treatments are effective for 10 years plus. So if it was done, you shouldn't have to worry about that. Just uh, concentrate now on the best materials for, for finishing that basement. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Well, window screens play a very key role in keeping the bugs out of your house and letting the fresh air in, but most of us don't like the look of the screens, and we definitely don't like cleaning them and storing them in the cooler months. Well, now there's an option in screens that's going to eliminate all of those hassles. Yeah, it's called a hidden screen, and it's the newest innovation from Pella. It's a hassle-free window screen that basically appears when you want it, and then it folds away into the window itself when you don't. This is going to give you a crystal clear view and improved curb appeal, because with most windows, you're looking out the window and through the screen. But when the screen is not there, you have a much better view, and that's going to make the whole place look a lot nicer. Yeah, now this new hidden screen, which is so cool, is available as an option with the Pella 250 series windows. And the screen is designed to maximize that natural light, give you lots of fresh air, keep that view beautiful, all while keeping those bugs out. Yeah, and you know what's really cool about this new hidden screen design is that if you think about it, you no longer need to take your screens out of your windows to clean them and store them because the screen rolls up inside the window. So the window itself actually stores the screen year-round. Yeah, it's really cool because the hidden screen is designed to appear when you open the window and then it folds away when you close the window. And it also gives you the clearest view, allowing 44% more natural light into your home than a standard screen. Plus, the screen's made of a super durable polyester weave that lasts a long time. You know, this is interesting. It was actually tested to 9,400 cycles, which is equivalent to opening and closing your windows once a day for 25 years. Wow. And who does that? <laughs> Yeah, right. I was also thinking about the fact that one of the reasons window screens wear out is because they're exposed to UV. They're basically on the window, you know, from spring through fall. Well, these are only going to be exposed when you need them to be. So there's really no opportunity for the UV to actually wear out the screen cloth at all. So really cool idea. I mean, this is a great innovation. You know what, guys? Now's a really good time to replace your windows because even though the weather's turning cooler across much of the country... Pella can actually replace those windows in cold weather conditions, so it's definitely not a problem. And you can replace old single-pane windows with Energy Star certified windows, and that's going to help save you hundreds. Plus, window projects deliver a very fantastic return on investment, and that's going to recoup about 70% or more of that replacement cost when it's time to sell. Hidden Screen is available for purchase through a local Pella showroom. There are over 200 Pella showrooms across the country. You can learn more at Pella.com, P-E-L-L-A. Glenn, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Hi. I was calling to find out, I was looking to purchase used uh, a uh, propane heat stove for the house to replace my wood stove. And my question is, I live in in town in a home now that has natural gas. And I'm wondering if a propane stove could work in a natural gas environment. Not unless um, it has a new burner put into it because the burners are different for for propane and for natural gas, Glenn. Um, So you can't just use one in place of the other. You have to have a different uh, burner because the orifice, the size of the the, uh, holes where the gas comes out is different. Oh, okay. Now, I I know I've had experience in taking something that's natural gas and converting it. I would guess then you you would make it smaller. Same idea, yeah. And you have to, you know, have the right parts to do that. Okay, so it sounds like probably more than a project and probably more expensive than I would would want. 
tackle. Probably, yeah. You might you might be just want to pick up a new stove. <laughs> By the time you get the parts for it, you'll probably be halfway there, and this way you'll be starting clean. Okay. Well, thank you for for uh, letting me know that, and I really appreciate your help. I enjoy listening to the show. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. Good luck with that project. Thanks for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Charles in Tennessee, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you with your porch project? I bought a house, and uh. The front porch is, is made out of concrete. It, it's got block, a brick surroundings, and it's got a poured concrete slab. Okay. And uh, one side of the slab is just falling in. Huh. It, I'm, I'm thinking that when they built it, that they didn't pack the sand that they put in to pour right. the slab on. And one side yep. of it is yep. now settling and it's falling in. It's about four inches down. I wonder yep. how to get under that thing. Yeah, well, you're not. You're not going to be able to get under that thing. And I think you're exactly right. And I've seen that happen before. Where they, they'll use maybe concrete block to form the outside edge. And then they'll just throw whatever's around the construction site in that hole to fill it up. And sometimes you get settlement or you could be have like a tree stump in there that rots away. And then it rains. You get the water in there and it can't hold that slab anymore. You are going to be much better off breaking that slab out of there and properly backfilling that space, tipping it in well, and then pouring a new slab. It's only a piece of concrete. It's not like you're lifting the whole house. I don't think you're going to be at the expense of doing any kind of of uh, pump jack or something of that nature. It's just not going to be worth it. I would simply break up the slab and replace it. Hey, did you know that water heating is the second largest expense in the average home? I mean, that is a lot of money. Now, all of that hot water that you use adds up to a few hundred dollars a year. But here are five things that you can do to save energy and to keep those costs down. First and foremost is the obvious suggestion. Use less hot water. But come on, you don't like taking cold showers. I certainly try telling that to teenagers. (laughs) Well, and I love to take the hottest showers ever of life. So it's like, I'm not doing that. So as long as you're using soap, researchers, guys, actually confirm that cold water is just as effective as killing germs. So, you know, think about it. Maybe take that cold shower. But seriously, consider washing your clothes and rinsing your clothes and dishes and whatever you wash around the house with cold water instead of hot, because that's going to save you some bucks. Now, some other things that you can do, think about replacing your shower head with a low-flow model. They're inexpensive to buy. They're easy to install. They use up about 60% less water every time you step into the shower. You can also turn down the thermostat on your water heater. Keeping the temperature at 120 uh, is smart. It's also a good safety measure to prevent accidental burns. I actually keep mine a bit lower than that, about 110. And another inexpensive and easy DIY fix is to add insulation around your water heater and pipes to prevent any heat loss. And guys, if you're shopping for any new appliances, make sure you look for the Energy Star ratings, especially on your dishwashers, washing machines, and water heater to find the most energy-efficient model that you can. I mean, it's really going to do a great job for you and save you some money. Sam in South Carolina has a question about a counter. What can we do for you? I have a countertop that I guess it's uh, for mica on wood, and it comes up at the back, kind of rolls, you know, like maybe it's a cold... Anyway, it rolls. It's about three and a half inches uh, up up the wall, and then it and then it you know it rolls on the edge too. I'm thinking for mica on wood. It was constructed in maybe eighty. My question is, it it expands and contracts away from this wall during uh, different cycles of winter slash summer. And just a little bit, it pulls away from the wall, and I wondered, I wanted, always wanted to put, 
like um, oh, glass or tile uh, as a backsplash up from it. But as it expands and contracts, there's no way to seal it next to the wall. Um, so first of all, you're talking about something something that's called a post-formed countertop, but that's sort of... Uh, um, rounded edge that sort of goes up and over. Now, um, what you can do is you can put in what's called a backer rod, which is like a foam tube that goes right, push it down behind the countertop in that space. That kind of takes up the gap. And then you could use a flowable caulk on top of that, which would stick to the wall and the countertop, and it would expand and contract as the house moved. But I do like your idea of the backsplash, and that sounds like a perfect application for that, right, Leslie? Yeah, and you know, the small glass tiles really do look great on a backsplash, and they're really easy to install as a do-it-yourselfer because there's not a lot of cutting or snipping or shaping of tile to make it work for the puzzle that becomes the backsplash. Fantastic. Now, what did you say to put in there? So you want to use, uh, there's a, a foam rod called a backer rod. It's like a thin foam tube that you'll find it at home centers. And you kind of want to fill that up because if you just caulk the caulk, it's going to sort of fall down into that big gap. So you want to stuff something in there so the caulk sort of sits on top. And then you push it down just right below the surface and then you caulk over that. Great. Okay, that sounds like a perfect solution. I really appreciate that, and I'm looking forward to having it just much more attractive. All right. Well, we're so glad we could help you out, and thanks again for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Ronnie in New York City has reached out to Team Money Pit, and he says, My home is 50 years old. Central air and heating were installed 15 years ago, which included five vents in the basement. An energy auditor suggested sealing off those basement vents since it's not used as a living space. But an HVAC expert says that closing the vents is going to build some pressure and then strain the HVAC system. I want to save money each month, but not if it's going to cost me in the long run. So what is the right move? So it's a good question. Now, I suppose that since the heating system is 15 years old, it was designed basically to provide heat to the basement and air conditioning to the basement as well. You know, will it strain the system? It might, because if it's not uh, heating or cooling the same volume of air that it was designed to, you may find that um, the system is kind of working harder than it needs to to deliver the same amount of heating or air conditioning. So I don't feel like you're going to have a lot of savings by closing off those basement vents. If anything, you might want to consider insulating the basement walls or insulating certainly the floor between the basement and the rest of the house. But I don't like the idea of shutting such a huge part of the system off. One or two rooms, okay, but, I mean, you may be talking about 25% or or more of what the system's designed to do. So, in my view, I think I would leave it as is. I don't think it's adding a lot to the expenses of your HVAC system. All right, Ronnie, I hope that helps you out with your lucky New York City apartment. Maybe you guys are rent-controlled, maybe you own, whatever that is. It's awesome to be a New York City resident. Well, before winter's wrath really sets in, it's important to make sure your home is good to go. Leslie has some top tips for winterizing your home in today's Power Tip of the Day, presented by Kohler Residential Standby Generators. Leslie, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I think everybody just loves autumn weather so much that no matter when it hits, we never seem to be totally ready for winter. So here's a quick to-do list to make sure that you're good to go now for when that cold winter arrives. First of all, before you have to start digging out for a snowstorm, 
definitely go in the garage now, shed, wherever, closet, look at all of your snow removal gear and make sure that it's ready. You want to wire brush any rust that may have developed on the shovels and you go ahead and wipe a thin coat of oil and that's going to help the fresh snow slide easily off that shovel. Now you want to check the oil level, you want to add fresh gas and fire up that snow blower and make sure that it starts and this way it starts easily when you need it and you're not struggling with it at the worst moment. Now you also want to make sure that you have your heating system tuned up and replace the filter. Even if your furnace seems to be working fine, a pro service can make sure that it's running safely and efficiently. So avoiding the problems by treating them beforehand. Now then go and check your windows and your doors for any drafts. Update your weather stripping, caulk around the exterior trim. That's all going to keep those drafts away. Clean up your patio furniture and your grill and put it away for the winter season. That's going to keep everything out there in tip-top shape. And then think about investing in backup power because when the temperatures are low outside, it really doesn't take long for temperatures in your home to drop. So with reliable whole home backup power like a Kohler standby generator, you can be sure that you and your family are never without heat and never without power. If you want to learn some more and find a dealer near you, just go to poweredbykohler.com today. That's poweredbykohler.com, poweredbykohler.com. It's K-O-H-L-E-R.com. Kohler Generators, backup power from a name that you can trust. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Coming up next time on the program, your washer and dryer. I think they just might be the hardest working appliances in your house, but they can also be a source of major leaks and even fires if they're not operating safely. We're going to share tips to keep them humming happily along on the very next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 